Welcome to Tear Report, a podcast made by a fan for the fans of the Saturday Sharks. Every single thing you hear about in this podcast is completely my opinion and is not affiliated with the official Saturday Sharks of the National Hockey League. Thank you and hopefully you'll enjoy this episode of Tear Report. Hello and welcome to the second episode of this first season of Tear Report where we look back tonight on November 2018 in the 2018-19 San Jose Sharks campaign. This has been a very tricky month for all of us and the main issue I want to discuss first when we get started to look back is challenging goals. We're very lucky in the league to be able to have the option to challenge a goal that we feel should not have gone in. Now there is the risk if it all backfires, the team loses its time out. Now, since the New York Rangers game, I think it was the last time we used a challenge, but I can remember, um, there's been no goal challenging. It's like, really, it's like, Ugh! it's frustrating because there's been a lot of goals where you look back at highlights, you see the possibility that a goal should be challenged and has the coach done nothing? No. It's just really frustrating because it's like, take a risk. These are tough games we've got in the league. Have a risk. You never know. If it works, yay. If it doesn't work, doesn't matter. Most teams don't use using their timeouts anyway. So, okay, so that's the round done. I feel like I need to get the round away because a lot of this tonight is going to focus on that. So let's look back at November 2018. We start straight away on November the 1st after Halloween night and it was Columbus in town and unfortunately it was 4-1 win for the Blue Jackets. This was an abysmal night for our team as despite once again early lead it was Columbus who took control and there was literally no way back. I just suppose as if all the energy from the New York Rangers game the, the night before um, Halloween had just basically just drained the NHL because that was such a tough game to just play. Remember the third, and it was the type of Philadelphia to check in. It was an overtime win for your Sharks 4 3. Now, I never want to use the word lucky in this, but I think we got lucky here. I expected Philadelphia to be completely different than they were when we played in the Flyers' own barn. I mean, I'm still amazed with that game. I mean, it was like the start of the line. And Philadelphia, they came into the tank and they were determined to show that we are not a team that you can simply bowl over like that. Also, for Eddie, was it that it was a Star Wars night, considering that their mascot looks like a resemblance to Jabba the Hutt. But, nevertheless, both teams gave it their all. And in, after 13 seconds of extra hockey... It's up to Team of Myers and Nets, that winner there. We then moved on to November the 6th, and it was Minnesota in town. They had been a tricky team the last few years for the, for the Sharks, so it was. I was hoping we'd have an exciting one here, and we did. It was 3-4 regulation. Now, if you thought going to that final period, 3-1 up, that our Sharks would have it all righted out, nice and clear, you thought wrong. 
The Wild did stage a very early comeback to make it 3-3, but we had a very wacky fourth goal. It was like, who we created it to? Who, who actually scored it? Who scored it? Well, it was Barkley Goodrow got credit in the end, and it was enough for the 4-3 win there. We then have our back-to-back road trip, the first of the month. November 8th, it was to Dallas, and it was a 4-3 win for the Stars. This is a tricky one to analyse, really, as there was the sunk of moments from the Sharks, but there was also bad mistakes, which ultimately cost us dearly. Something to work on for future meetings with Dallas, though, is to not let the Stars have the opportunity to make breakaways. I just saw so many of those happening, and it was just like you knew, right, it's a goal, straight away. It was just, yeah, so that's something you need to work on and get his yeah, there's Dallas. So the next night it was off to St. Louis. So the question was, how much was left in the tank against the Blues? Well, there was nothing. 4-0 Blues win. And considering how the Blues are playing this year, it's a bit shock-rocking. I mean, it was dismal. I mean, yes, fatigue from last night, that could have played a hand. But that's not really good enough for excuse, really. I think the first goal should have just been challenged there. It looked to me as if it hit Ander in the face before he deflected into the back of the net, which would have made it hard for him to make a save because he then went flat down on the ice. But yeah, so 4 0 Blues win there. November 11th, the start of what was a six game homestand. Yes, home sweet home. We start off with Calgary. It was Flames 1, Sharks 3. Now, despite the win, you have to give credit to both sides here as that could have been a higher scoring line for either side. But thanks to Martin Jones, who proved to be the star in that one, it making big things had to, especially when Calgary rewards that pair of shot, you think, oh no, penalty shot for Calgary. Sharks have not been good in shootouts in any form. And it's like, but the save gets made, it's like, yes. 3-1 win there for the Sharks. November the 13th, and it was time for Nashville to come to San Jose. And after the last time these two teams met, it was anybody's game, really. And it was anybody's game. Predators 4, Sharks 5 for the final score. But I feel that with this game, no matter what I'm going to say in this episode, I'm just going to hear, and yet, ringing in my ears. I mean, we started off with a 3-0 lead. Fantastic. We've got, we're showing dominance. We've learned from our mistakes last time in Nashville. We've got control. Just to get for the next two periods. And we've got the two points in the bank. Ready for a tough game against Toronto. And then yet, in the second, Nashville ties it 3-3. Despite the fact that Martin Jones made some great saves. But yet, Nashville had a brief lead in the third period. I mean, you see where I'm going with this one. For me... I feel great game. Had a lot of things you wouldn't expect to see from the Sharks. Sharks against Nashville. But yet, still mistakes were made, which allowed Nashville to still be within a chance of winning. Yada yada yada, we've had plenty of time. We still won. 5 4, end of. Okay, let's calm, calm, and take a break because it's time now for the Pacific Watch. Welcome to November's Pacific Watch. 
it's the point of the show where we like to take a look around the rest of the Pacific Division and see if anything is worth mentioning about. And this month, the Los Angeles Kings provided it. Now, in a season, it's never good to see a player face an injury, as it can and most likely will impact your team. Now, if you were to ask me which, what sort of player would have the biggest impact if they get injured, I would say the netminder. Because they're one of the people you have to rely on to make the stage when you have to. Okay, not going to get a shut up every single game, but they are a big player to the, to the team. Now, for the AA Kings, they had a bit of a blunder when their star netminder, Jonathan Quick, um, had to um, face surgery. He was placed on injury reserve um, following a surgery to repair a torn. Oh, excuse me if I get this wrong because I'm not a doctor. Meniscus, I'll spell it M E N I S C U S, in his knee. Um, and he had missed quite a lot of games uh, for the LA Kings. He had missed up to, he was about um, 12 games. Now, he has recovered and he did return on the moment of the 28th. So he has been playing since then. But also, I want to talk something else about LA. And that is this third silver jersey that they've now launched. It looks very similar to the anniversary jersey we saw from, Los, from the LA Kings in their anniversary season for the 50th. Uh, about which was in 16, 17 season? Yeah, yeah, 16-30 season, because obviously that was the season where a lot of teams were being awarded events because they were turning 50. Like, for example, St. Louis got awarded the Winter Classic because they were 50, and um, they got to play their old rivals, Chicago Blackhawks, who aren't 50, but they are rivals of the Blues, so that was it. Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, they were both 50. They got awarded what was a back-to-back stadium series. The first of that was played in that season. The second half is coming up in this coming spring when we're going to be, they're going to be playing in Philadelphia. And, of course, the LA Kings got awarded the All-Star game. So they were 50. Yeah, it was one of those years where I, as a Sharks fan, was thinking, hold on, we were 25 years before. Where's our All-Star game? Yes, we're getting it this year, but that's not the point. Where's our outdoor event? Where do we get to be special? So, yeah, so it's one of those years, particularly with the uh, cup hunger lingering, I just thought, oh, God, really? These are pet favourites? But why is this an issue for me, this silver jersey? It's because I couldn't tell whether that was a per- it's an alternate permanent was it a third jersey? The wording just felt weird regarding how LA of, of war described it, really. Um, yes, it does look nice on the ice, um, and it's a nice change from black or white, because that it can be a bit boring to see that all the time. Um, so, I'm going to call it as a third jersey. I'll let you guys debate what you think about it. But, yep, so two her price of one there in the Pacific Watch.
Welcome back from the Pacific Watch there. It's time to carry on looking back at how November 2018 went for your sharks. And we're staying at home ice now. November the 13th, 15th. Toronto Maple Leafs, 5. Saturday Sharks, 3. Wow. We knew there had to be a dent in this homestand at some point, sooner or later. We couldn't go 6 nil nil. That would, be, that would be impossible, unless you're a super team. But, I thought we kind of brought this one on ourselves, really, because of the silly penalties that were taken. I don't know what was happening here. Was it trying to set up old scores against players? When focusing on the game? Why are they challenging the goals? That's the coach's problem, but that could have helped. It just felt really, really messy with this one. And, yeah, it was a dent... Moving on now, and it was time for some payback on St. Louis. As remember the 17th, the Blues came for Hockey Night. Fight cancer for Sharks Hockey. And at last, Eric Carlson fired into something worth talking about. That's nice on this podcast. I haven't felt he's done much to prove his dub as a shark so far. I just think he just skates around much it's just mm. but he gets his first goal he's still going to do more to impress me though now this game it gave the blues the chance to feel what it's like when you're on the back end of a 4-0 game and you just really can't anything right on the night remember the 20th now the first of two battles between canadian teams first it was edmonton it was an overtime loss for free not happy here. I mean, I feel like we have plenty of opportunities to back the insurance goal. What I mean by insurance is, those who are aware of it in hockey terms, is where you have a one goal lead and then you add to that lead and that means you've got a safety net. So if the team was to then score, you'd still have a lead because it's because it would go from being a two goal lead to a one goal lead. And Insurance doesn't have to be a two goal lead, it could be a three goal, four goal. As long as you've got that little insurance there that will bag you some time, even if an opponent does score, you've still know you've got that little bit there as a staking net to fall back on. And that's what insurance is in hockey terms. Um, and I think that would have pressured the Oilers more than it did. But I think a main issue here was just trying to contain Carmack David. We all know in the NHL he's a threat for Edmonton. If you catch him on the right right night, we can take him down. But this was not the right night. And it was just, yeah, no way stopping. Also, why are we, we playing Hamilton five times this year? I mean, that's just weird, right? I've already opposed. If we had to play more than five times, I'd rather it be Vegas or Arizona. Okay. November 23rd, the final part of the homestand. But the first start in what would be a big chunk of back-to-backs. Vancouver Canucks against Saturday Sharks and it was Sharks 4 Canucks nil. Wow. We all saw the perfect start that Vancouver had this season which made me think they could be a cut team if they could do well. But yet for Saturday the special teams they came out to play on this one. On the power plays, thirty kills and I don't know he made some impressive saves when he had to. I was a little bit surprised he did get the call though for that one. Considering Vancouver's recent form, I would have thought Martin Jones would have gone in the net. But still, that just shows the Sharks' confidence in Dow to make the step up 
when they feel he needs to make the step up. The next nine, oh, oh god. Should we just get through this quad quick? November 24th, first visit against Vegas. They have been struggling to get back to the form they had in their goal to season last year. And yet it was six to them, team till nothing. Now, none of the players are to blame. Aaron Dell is not to blame. Coach DeBoer is to blame for the last minute decision. Now, originally, he was going to start with Jones, and, well, that'd be understandable. He didn't play against Vancouver the night before, so obviously he'd be well-rested and shouldn't be able to do a good job against Vegas. Then, last minute, changes his mind and goes for Arundel. Now, that's very unusual to see a netminder play back-to-back nights, because it's a, it's a risky strategy, and if it doesn't pay off, then you pay the price straight away and that's what happened 14 seconds in Vegas got got the first goal and from then it just felt like I was watching game one of round two of last season Stanley Cup playoffs all over again and of course the coach he did get after the the, the arena rightly so but I just I'm not going to blame the team here because it was because they had they were in a possible situation to come straight to find the words on this one. Okay, so it wasn't their fault. It's just the coach made a bad decision and unfortunately the team paid the price. Let's move on. And it was another double header now. November the 27th, it was the Sharks to face the Sabres. 3-2 was the loss in overtime. I found this really frustrating. There was 10 times tighter than the last time we met. Easily, the Sabres could have run away with it, uh, going 2-0 up, had it not been for our captain. And it's weird, because it's one of those games where you think, oh, if we had an extra five minutes, we could beat them. But we did have an extra five minutes. We went overtime. So it's a bit weird there. But at the end of the day, Buffalo is a big, big threat. And if we, as a league, are not careful... They could be a danger going into the spring. I'm just laying it there. Right, the second half of that doubleheader was November 28th where the Sharks moved back to Canadian soil to face Toronto. Once again, a 5-3 loss. Now again, you can't really blame the team for this one as the right move was made this time to put down the net as Jones played against Buffalo. But a penalty-driven first period, left, right and centre, both sides, the penalties, saw the damage was done. Not helpful by the lack of goal challenges. You can see where I'm going with this, can't you? Can't you? Our coach seems to have an issue with challenging goals. I do not know why, but it's not helping the team, particularly on nights where you should be able to get the points and you haven't managed to get the four points. Right, so the Sharks' record for November was 6-6-2. Six, six, six wins, six losses, two OT. Highlight of the month, it's got to be Nashville again. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I said it last month because I thought, wow, that was great. This month I am, just because of the first period. It started well, it looked like it was going to be a blowout. 
it wasn't, but the team didn't let that stop them. They didn't panic, they stay focused and end up getting the win. Right, what's going to be the downer of, what can we say, the downer, oh, I don't want to say Vegas, because that's a coach being responsible, they're not a team responsible, I need to pick a team responsible one. Um, right, let's say the loss in St. Louis, let's just say that, because I just felt there wasn't any energy in that one, it just seemed to have gone after facing Dallas and like before, so I'm going to say that one. Well, that's it for what has been a very passionate, shall we say, episode here of Pause. But hey, that's NHL hockey for you guys. Sometimes it does get a bit raw, raucous and a bit passionate. That's it from now. Join me next time when we'll be looking back at the final month of 2018, December. And... Team Central or Team Pacific? Who has Arizona Coyotes done better against? We're going to find out next. All that and more on the next edition of Tea Report. So for now, I will leave you now.